0: Grace and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just for the record, if you didn't know it, Christmas is here. If you haven't been watching the news like I haven't been watching the news, then you haven't been paying attention like I haven't been paying attention. And so it arrived with much of my plans unplanned and much less, much more to be done before Christmas leaves the train station again. Christmas brings with it a lot of expectations that fill people's lives about love and goodwill among family members and friends and work associates and even people we don't know. Often, there's an emphasis also spent upon those who are alone at Christmas and what they can do to mediate the effects of that. A celebrated author in the area of emotional support Henry Neuwen, Neumann, wrote an article about being alone at Christmas. He took the view that at Christmas, God joins us to be part of the celebration. Nowen wrote, God came to us because he wanted to join us on the road to listen to our story and help us realize that we are not walking in circles, but moving toward the house of peace and joy. This is a great mystery of Christmas that continues to give us comfort and consolation. Namely, that we are not alone on our journey. The God of love who gave his life, sent his only son to be with us at all times and all places so that we never have to feel lost in our struggles, but always you can trust that he walks with us. Christmas is the renewed invitation to not be afraid to let him, whose love is greater than our own hearts and minds can comprehend, let him be our companion." But you know, God has always wanted to be our companion. God created the heavens and the earth to be the perfect environment to be with us and for us to be with him. The creation was perfect and ecologically perfect. There was a separation of light and darkness the separation of the land and the sea, the vegetation, creation of the sea creatures, the land creatures, and the man and the woman. The scriptures say that when God looked at everything He made, He said, it is very good. The man and the woman and God would walk in it in the cool of the day. They walked in the kingdom of His beloved Son, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. But the power of sin began to tear things apart. The walks in the cool of the day ended, companionship with God became fear of God, death entered into the creation, and instead of songs of joy, The creation was groaning in the pains of childbirth. That's how St. Paul puts it. God's plan to redeem the world went into motion. A Savior would come, born of a virgin. He would come from the least important family in the country, but but he would crush the power of sin, death, and the devil with his own life. He would not be an outsider as Satan is. No, he would rise up in the midst of the very people Satan had enslaved. He would come to his people to save them. We find him tonight in a manger, in a stable, far from home. But from that manger, from that stable, the Father's love for the world and the Son's love for all the people in it would drive the Son of God into a ministry that would lead him to death on a cross. His mother, Mary, must have been stunned when she heard that sentence pronounced when she took her infant son to the temple shortly after his birth. And then 33 years later, Mary would feel that pain of that sentence as it was pronounced by Pilate, and she witnessed her son's execution. But just as a prophet said, Jesus demonstrated how God loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his Son so that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus would die on a cross, but God the Father would raise him up from death to life so that everyone who believes he is the Son of God will have eternal life. To sum all that up, the scriptures put it this way, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's plan promised so long ago is a plan that reestablishes companionship with God. The plan would replace fear of God with love for God. Death would be replaced with eternal life. Walking daily with the Son of God would replace running away from Him. The plan even includes God the Father and Jesus Christ, His Son, coming to you and to me to abide with us, to live with us, to lead us through this life into a life that, when we die, the new life will be glorious. Now, many people today and tonight will come and have come here to sing the traditional story of Jesus' birth and then leave, not return again until next year. They will come and see that everything is the same as last year. They will receive a measure of comfort, thinking that Jesus is still in the manger, but he is not. He was in the manger for only up to eight days and during those eight days, he turned life around for shepherds who were the first to hear the gospel from angels, the good news that God has come down from heaven to live with us. And it is still good news. God still lives with us. Companionship with Jesus is a life changing process. You hear that Jesus Christ died on a cross and paid the price for all your sin. You hear that you are a sinner and deserve eternal punishment for your sin. You hear that God forgives for the sake of the innocent suffering and death of God's Son, Jesus Christ. You hear that God forgives you when you believe what you have heard. You believe because God gives you the faith to believe. You hear and you believe. When the shepherds heard and believed, They didn't just walk away from the manger. They told everyone what they saw and what they heard. They set the pattern for living a life changed by the good news about Jesus. It's a life that is shaped and molded to Jesus Christ. It's a life in which God the Father and Jesus the Son live with you and conform your life to the life of Christ. Or simply stated, you see things. You see things through the eyes of love. Just a few moments ago, we heard the reading of what John describes love in these words. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this is love that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to to be the satisfaction for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And so you ask, what is love? This is love. This is God. Love is patient, kind, does not envy or boast, is not arrogant or rude, not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. This is love. Now, if you think it's impossible to live expressing all of those characteristics in this world, Then I encourage you to follow Jesus around as he encounters and addresses the issues of our culture. Watch him as he addresses impatience, jealousy, self-exaltation, rudeness, irritability, grudges, crime, lying, irresponsibility, unbelief, hopelessness, lack of commitment, and unfaithfulness. Now, it's true, you can see these things in the scriptures. And you can see them in other people's lives. But much closer to home, much, much closer to home, we can see them in ourselves. We came here tonight to spend some time with the infant Jesus. When you leave, take the adult Jesus with you as a companion. As Henry Nouwen wrote, the God of love sent his only son to be with us at all times and all places so that we never have to feel lost in our struggles, but always you can trust that he walks with us. And Christmas is the renewed invitation to not be afraid, or fear not, as the angels proclaimed, and to let Jesus, whose love is greater than our own hearts and mind can comprehend, to let Jesus be our companion. In his name, amen. I invite you to to stand if you are able to join me in the confession of our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.